Welcome back to Tax-Free Living. I'm your host, Carlton Dennis, and I'm so excited to chat with you guys today. I have a very important topic that I would like to speak on, and it's in relation to your money. You see, the wealthy are getting richer, and I want you to know some of the reasons why the wealthy might be pulling away from the middle class and the poor class, and the reason comes down to what the wealthy know. So today, we're gonna to be talking about some of the information that the wealthy know that maybe the middle class or the lower class is not aware of. And it's gonna come down to your money. And if you care about money, then I want you to listen in close. I grew up in the city of La Palma, a small city in Orange County. I started out not really knowing too much about money. My parents always told me to save my money, go to school, work extremely hard so I can get into college. And then from there, my college degree is going to parlay me into a career where I can save money, invest that money into a 401k plan, and live a happy retirement. And if this is you, then you've been taught some of the same things that 99% of all Americans have been taught. However, the wealthy are taught different things. And I've learned from my experience of interviewing over 10,000 real estate investors, business owners who are doing over seven to eight figures. I learned that they have a different mindset when it comes to money. They have a different mindset when it comes to education and they have a different views on how they earn their income. And the wealthy understand the tax system. The wealthy realize that it's very hard to run away from Uncle Sam. And the reason why the wealthy know this is because the wealthy evaluate their finances they're so mindful of their finances. For most of us Americans, we, we are trying really hard to be mindful of our finances. We might write down a list of all the things that we spend our money on in a month. And that typically comes from our bank statements. We might write down that we spend our money on rent, our car bill, our cell phone bill, utilities that we have at our house, we might factor in gas that we're paying, as well as some of the times that we're eating out. All of these different items that we account for, we believe that these expenses are the reason why we can't save money. So we only think about what is coming out of our pockets. But when you think about it, how you earn your income is really where your biggest expense could lie. And that deals with your taxes. The one thing that not too many Americans think about, except when it's during the months of January, February, March, and April, when it's time for you to file your tax returns, go on TurboTax, and complete your form so you can receive your refund. However, the wealthy are mindful about their taxes 365 days out of the year, and they're very conscientious of how they earn their income. You see, when you have earned income, with a capital E, earned income, Chances are that your biggest burden financially will be your taxes. It's not going to be your mortgage. It's not going to be your expensive car bill. It's not even going to be the amount of times that you eat out. It's going to be your taxes. And the reason why is because when you work for an employer and you're making income, that income you are earning by showing up to the job doing what you've been told, and in exchange, you receive a paycheck. Your employer, on the other hand, benefits as well. He gets 
a motivated employee to do a task that's been assigned by the employer and in return he is paying the employee a fee and in return the employer is receiving income from the benefits of having employees. So there's a mutual benefit to both parties. The employer benefits from having staff members that can help build the business and grow the revenue of the firm and the employee benefits from showing up to work and receiving a paycheck and there might even be additional benefits such as health benefits, 401ks or 403bs. We are all aware of those benefits that you can receive from working for an employer. This contributes to a comfortable lifestyle. Being able to show up, have a salary, earn a paycheck, get a 401k, have health insurance. The government realizes that when you are working for an employer, you are putting yourself in a position where you can have a comfortable lifestyle and earn a consistent paycheck. And when you're working for the government, or sorry, when you're working for an employer, you are going to pay taxes at the federal level to the IRS and at the state level if you're in a state that taxes. Depending on that income, you could be in the 12, the 22, the 24, 32, 34, even the 37% tax bracket. And that's just on the federal side, not factoring in state. Now, if you're making $100,000 a year and 37,000, let's just say, is going to the IRS, that's a majority of your income. That is a lot of your income. And for the wealthy, they are doing everything that they can to save more of their income in a quicker amount of time. Because if you have more income now and you can invest more of that income to generate more income for yourself, you are going to be able to grow your wealth faster and be able to leave more money as opposed to someone who is getting more of their income taxed. So the wealthy understand this concept of earned income. Working for an employer is considered earned income. Anytime that you are working for anybody and you receive a paycheck, that income is going to be subject to federal taxes and state taxes. Now, let's say you decide that you are going to become self-employed or maybe you're a contractor. This makes you a 1099 employee you're still considered an, a person who is making earned income if you're providing a service or if you're providing a product. So the money that you receive is going to be subject to federal taxes, is going to be subject to state taxes, and if you're 1099, you're also going to be subject to Social Security and Medicare taxes, or another word for this is FICA. Now, FICA, we as tax accountants refer to this as self-employment tax. And the reason why we refer to FICA as self-employment tax is because when you're a 1099 contractor, no one is withholding taxes from each paycheck that you're receiving. There is the fact that you're your own employer and the fact that you're your own employee. And being the fact that you're your own employee and you're your own employer, you must pay into FICA at the employee level and at the employer level. This comes out roughly to an additional 
15% in tax on top of your federal and on top of your state taxes. So for some self-employed individuals, they end up paying more taxes than they would have paid if they were an employee. Now that may sound discouraging and you may say, hey, well, then why are so many people choosing to become business owners? Well, the wealthy understand, and many of you may understand, that business owners receive better deductions and benefits by the government and by the IRS. And the reason why is business owners tend to employ other people. And when you're offering jobs, you're stimulating the economy. There is money moving in the market. You're helping more people. You're providing more products and services. You're offering jobs. And the government wants to incentivize you for that in, in the form of giving you deductions, in the form of giving you payroll deductions, in the form of giving you tax credits. And so business owners, well, they may be taxed and subject to self-employment tax and federal tax and state tax. There are different vehicles that business owners can choose, such as sole proprietorships, LLCs, S-corporations, and C-corporations. And based on these different vehicles can determine how they're each going to individually get taxed as well as their employees. Not to mention, when you're a business owner and you're spending money on the business, if that money is being spent to increase the revenue in the business and it's considered an ordinary expense for the business or a necessary expense for the business, then you get to take a write-off for it. And when you write something off, as a business owner, it offsets or reduces the amount of money that you're going to pay in taxes. And this is an advantage to a business owner because a lot of business owners want to grow their businesses. They want to earn more income or build a legacy. And that takes reinvesting back into your business. So even though businesses could be generating tons of, of income and tons of revenue, they may not have a whole lot of profit because they're reinvesting money back into their business. They may not pay a whole lot of taxes because they're spending a lot of money on products and different supplies to build their business. So this is an advantage that a business owner has. But what the most key fundamental thing that the wealthy are aware of is passive income. And today we're going to spend a little time talking about passive income. You see, passive income is different than earned income. When you make passive income, you don't have to show up to a job and work for that income. You've invested money into some type of vehicle that is going to continue to generate income for you effortlessly. Some types of passive income vehicles you might be familiar with are the real estate market and the stock market. The real estate market is a desirable vehicle to choose for passive income because once you invest your money into a rental property, you can monitor that investment, you can physically go to that property, and you're earning income on a monthly basis. Personally, I like earning income on a monthly basis, and I'm very aware with the rental process because I rent myself. And being the fact that I'm a renter and I'm a landlord, I've been able to enjoy some of the benefits to owning rental real estate. 
a lot of the benefits to investing in real estate and earning passive income has to do with the taxes that you're subject to. When you invest in real estate and you hold on to your investment for longer than a year and you sell it, you're subject to long-term capital gains as opposed to federal and state taxes. Long-term capital gains can be at a 0, 15, or 21% tax rate as opposed to paying the high tax rates all the way up to 37% in the federal marginal tax brackets. So for some investors, it makes more sense to go into the real estate market and to hold on to real estate long term and to sell the real estate so that they can keep more of their wealth knowing that their income isn't going to be taxed the same way that earned income is taxed. Not to mention, when you are earning passive income, passive income is not subject to self-employment tax because technically you're not employed while you're earning that income and you may not have any employees working for you while you're earning that income. When you invest money into the stock market, you're buying essentially a piece of paper and you're earning income based off of the money that you put into the market. That money is being paid out to you in the form of dividends or interest, and you might get paid out on a quarterly basis four times out of the year. Depending on how long you hold on to those investments, those investments could be subject to short-term capital gains or long-term capital gains. Short-term capital gains is subject to federal and state taxes. So if you decide to pull money out of the stock market early, less than a year, then you're going to be subject to short-term capital gains, kind of like having a paycheck working for an employer. You're going to be subject to federal taxes and state taxes. However, when you hold on to your investments in the stock market or in the real estate market for longer than a year, you're now subject to this long-term capital gains. And you have the ability to not pay any taxes on that money, 0%, or as little as 10, 15, or 21%. And this is an advantage to investors because they can save more of their money, which means they can invest more of their money. Now, one of the cool benefits to owning rental real estate is the fact that you have depreciation. And depreciation, I view as the king of all deductions because you are receiving a deduction based on the purchase amount of your property. When you acquire a building, that building structure has a value attached to it. And that value can be written off over the course of either 27 and a half years if it's a residential rental property, or over the course of 39 years if it's a commercial property. To real estate investors, earning income off their rental properties means that they're going to be subject to taxation. However, you can take rental write-offs such as property taxes, mortgage interest, supplies, repairs, and depreciation to offset the rental income that you're receiving from your property. A lot of the times when you're investing in real estate, you might have more rental write-offs than you do rental income, meaning that you're not paying any taxes on the investments that you have. For real estate investors, this is a powerful thing. Because you can invest in a real estate property 
receive all of these write-offs, things that you're already spending your money on, property taxes, mortgage interest, repairs, that are gonna improve the value of the property, and you're receiving a benefit from it when you file your tax returns while earning income off that property. Now, earned income, you just can't take advantage of all these different vehicles the same way when you have earned income. And the reason why is because earned income is gonna be subject to federal and state taxes, but there's only so many things that you can do to offset earned income. Earned income can be offset by having itemized deductions, such as mortgage interest, property taxes, medical and dental expenses, charitable contributions, or you can take the standard deduction, which is around $12,200. So these are the two different ways that you can offset earned income, having your itemized deductions or taking the standard deduction, but then you can also contribute to a 401k. With your employer, you might contribute to a 401k maybe up to $19,000, or if you're above the age, you might be contributing up to $25,000. This is helping reduce your tax burden. However, when you're contributing to a 401k account, that money could be locked up until you're the age of 65, so you're not being subject to penalties and interest fees on that. Now, when you pull that money from the retirement accounts later in life, that money is still going to be subject to federal taxes and state taxes. And guess what? The wealthy are aware of this. And I personally believe, and from experience of working with my clients, that the wealthy spend more of their time investing their money in vehicles like real estate and the stock market to earn more passive income knowing that earned income in 401k accounts is going to be subject to taxes when pulled later in life and there's very little that they can do to offset the tax burden that they're going to have. Whereas opposed to building a real estate portfolio, leveraging depreciation and property taxes and mortgage interest and management fees, they're able to build a legacy faster. They're incentivized by the government for owning real estate. And they get to even leverage vehicles such as cash out refinances and HELOCs where they can pull money out of their property tax-free and invest it into other rental properties to continue to build their portfolio. This is how the wealthy have built wealth for years, by understanding the difference between earned income and passive income and using earned income to get into passive income. Many of you follow Robert Kiyosaki. Many of you have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Many of you have heard of the cash flow quadrants. This is nothing different. Going from the earned income quadrant down to the small business quadrant, up to the big business quadrant, and down into the I quadrant is how tons of my clients have built wealth over the years. How that works is starting out working for an employer, earning good income, using that income that you've saved to invest in a business so that way you can protect more of your wealth by getting write-offs using the profits from your business to build a bigger business so that way you're reducing your corporate tax rates down to 21%. And from there, going from a big business, investing into large-scale real estate, 
or putting more money into the stock market. So eventually you can be at a 0% tax liability. It is possible to not pay any taxes. I've seen it. There are multiple clients who I have who do not pay any taxes, but all of those clients have one thing in common. They all own real estate. And if you are going to follow this podcast with me, the goal would be for you to eventually own real estate because real estate is a business. And once we get you to a place of owning real estate, then it's going to be about leveraging the right tax strategies to reduce your taxable income so that way you can leave the real estate as a legacy, as a vehicle for your heirs for many generations to come. And that is what life is about, is helping others, being able to leave a footprint on this earth and to give back to many generations that are going to come after you. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode of Tax-Free Living.